minimalists. <laughs> Hello, Patreon. Ryan, we got a question, don't we? We do. Shivani says, how can there be an upside to constraint? All I say is give me loads of money so I can find out if it truly doesn't work. It's like saying, uh, I know heroin can make me feel better. Um, and I might be able to actually use heroin in a way that doesn't ruin my life. Right. So give me as much heroin as possible so I can try it out for myself and see if it ruins my life. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, anyone listening to this, go do go do heroin. I promise you, it'll make you feel better. <laughs> if okay. That's, if that's the end result. <laughs> yes. Uh, consult a doctor before trying any prescription I'm, I'm, drugs. I'm obviously um, joking. And, and so here's the thing. W- with money... I am all for money. Money helps us as a resource. Just like time is a resource, attention is a resource, relationships can be a resource in our life. Um, the, the assets, physical goods are all resources. The question is how do we use those resources? And if we are irresponsible with the few resources we have, we don't have a lot of money and we're irresponsible with that little bit of money, what are we gonna do when we get a lot of money? It's going to amplify our irresponsibility. Mm-hmm. We're going to be less responsible with more money. And how do I know this? Because all of my 20s, that's exactly what I did. I grew up really poor, realized, well, at least thought I realized that, oh, we're not happy because we don't have any money. So let's go make some money. I, I went out and got the entry level corporate sales job, started making good money and then better money and then better money. But I always spent more money than I made. I was irresponsible. And it turns out the reason I was discontented growing up is I made bad, well, my family made bad decisions with the few resources we had. And then I continued to amplify those bad decisions with more money. However, now that we are in our 30s and moving toward 40, money has become a resource uh, with which we can do good. Over the last few years, Ryan, you and I, along with Podcast Sean, and of course our beautiful audience, we've been able to contribute with money in a way that we had never contributed previously. We helped the victims of the Orlando shooting and the Las Vegas shooting. We helped folks uh, who were victims of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, We built an elementary school. We built a couple orphanages. We funded a high school for a year. Right now, we're trying to figure out how to build a grocery store co-op in one of the largest food deserts in America. And money is required for all of those things. Uh, There's a lot of other requirements too. Compassion is a requirement. Um, Kindness, caring, understanding, physical labor. These are all things that are required in in contribution. So money isn't going to make you happy alone. Scrooge McDuck is the only is the only being who's ever been contented swimming around in money, right? Yeah, he's still one of the loneliest people. Exactly. Or loneliest ducks I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan has seen a lot of lonely ducks. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think, Ryan? I, I think that... that um, I, it's such an easy trap to fall into, man. I mean, there's... There's a piece of me. Well, I saw this talk. Um, I don't remember the guy's name, uh, but it's a dude who who used to work at Facebook. And Sean, I will find it and we'll put it into the notes here uh, for the postscript episode. But but he basically talked about how how money is power, and he talked about all these amazing things 
that he was able to do with a lot of money, build hospitals, build schools, build orphanages. Money can definitely do some awesome things. But I would posit, though, that this gentleman who's making this argument, uh, if he didn't have all the money, instead of building the hospital, he'd be working at the hospital. Instead of building the school, he'd be volunteering at the school. Right. So so the, 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 the question that Shivani really needs to ask herself is, uh, what would I do with all the money? Um, and if it is, well, I'd go on vacations and I'd, and I'd buy a bunch of stuff and I'd whatever, like it's, it's going to be just transactions that are, you know, going to make her life better. Shivani, you've really got to look at that because, you know, take money out of the equation. What's the money going to do? If it's going to buy you stuff, Josh and I, you know, if we had a magic wand right now, and we were like, okay, Shivani, uh, go home and look at your house. You have everything that you ever wanted now. Like how is, so is your life over now, Shivani? Like now what are you going to do with your life mm. now that you have everything? It reminds me of the, I, so I was looking at New Yorker, this cartoon I, I just showed you during the, the main podcast, right? And I saw this other cartoon in there. It was like this prehistoric man who had pushed a boulder all the way up the hill. And to me, it was the perfect metaphor for, for consumerism. He got there, he was at the top of the hill and he had pushed it there and there was a little thought bubble above his head that said, why am I still not happy? Yeah. And it was because like he had, in prehistoric times, that's all you could, that was the ultimate achievement, pushing this boulder all the way up the hill. And for us, achievement is what? I mean, I, I, was, I was walking down La Cienega Boulevard yesterday, Bax and I were, and I saw a, a chrome-plated Bentley and and it was like okay like if you want that i i'm, I'm not going to begrudge you for that but um a chrome plate of bentley would not make me any happier right and in fact it would make me less happy um, why do people i mean if we if we break this down the chrome plated bentley uh-huh. why does someone have that they want to show that they're rich yes they want to make other people envious of them yeah they want to separate themselves from whoever it is that they want to separate themselves from sure and <laughs> In what world does divisiveness help our personal lives and or our communities, man? Right, and it, it, it doesn't. And here's and here's here's the worst part about it: a Bentley is actually a really well-made machine, right? Yeah, they're really expensive for a reason. Now they've become status symbols because they're expensive, mm-hmm. um, but. It's the same thing as a Rolex. Rolex was once upon a time a really great for the time in the seventies in particular was a great diving watch for right. people who didn't want their watch to break on them. It could literally save someone's life in the seventies. Now I'm sure there are much better diving watches and people aren't using. Rolex is not the top of the line diving watch, but at the time no, I got a Perdix and it's awesome. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but but the the point being is that. Um, at the time, it was a way to 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 sig- some people like were accidentally signaling like, "Look at me, I'm a diver," right? Right. And so other people caught on to that, like, "Oh, look, it's it's signaling something." And so I think I think what we're trying to do, whether it's a, a Rolex or a chrome pa- plated Bentley, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a Bentley or a Rolex if it's augmenting your experience of life. Now, uh, I think of um, who's the guy who designs Apple stuff, uh, Johnny Ives. Mm. He he drives around. He, well, he's driven around in a Bentley, but he has a a really good story about like the design of a like he's a he's he's a guy who has all the money in the world, mm-hmm. and him buying a Bentley is like me or you buying a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like it, it literally is is the same sort of uh, uh, fraction of of a 
of a scent for him. And um, he he has a story about the design of that. So, yes, he could go buy a Toyota Corolla or whatever, but he appreciates the design. He's a true designer, and he's he's not... He actually hates the fact that it's like a status symbol. He really appreciates the design. He has a story behind the design of, of the this thing. This is Bentley uh, uh, chrome-plated? It's definitely not chrome-plated, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I got I wonder re- why he decided to not chrome plate his Bentley. <laughs> well, in fact, I he probably removed all the logos and everything too yeah. because uh, he's not trying to show off and, and be ostentatious. He actually appreciates the the handcrafted nature of, of that vehicle, and again, it doesn't cost him functionally any more than a Toyota Corolla for him, and he's still able to contribute to the greater good if he wants to, and so. Um, it's not judging someone else for me for me to say that, but realizing like in my scenario that uh, all that money isn't going to make me happier. It's what I do with the money that will make me and other people happier, and not happier in the the ephemeral sense. So, do you, are you familiar with this uh, this word eudaimonia? Mm-mm. So you're familiar with the term hedonism, like yes. Uh, uh, so eudaimonia is the opposite of hedonism. He- hedonism, for those of you who don't know, it just means acting on every impulse. It's mm-hmm. a Im- it's an impulsive lifestyle, uh, and, and and there are yeah. Some- it makes me think of the hedonic treadmill we talk about a lot. Exactly. Yes. And so we get caught up on uh, wanting more and more and more because we get stuck on the hedonic treadmill. We 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 have this little bit of pleasure. And then you're like, oh, I've got, I need to add more to that, more to that, more to that. That's the hedonic treadmill. You, eudaimonia is sort of the opposite. It, so you can get momentary. We have this word happiness that we need to have like 40 different words. Like like uh, the the uh, natives in Alaska have words for snow, right? They have 12 mm-hmm. different words for snow. We need 12 different words for happiness, I feel like, right? Because with happiness there is that momentary fleeting happiness or it's like i get this momentary high because i'm buying this brand new cosmetic kit or this handbag or this makeup or this motorcycle or whatever it might be that's going to make me happy in the moment but the experience of that thing is going to dwindle really quickly Mm. i'm not going to get that same bit of happiness and so then of course i need to up the level of suffusion the uh, uh, the uh, how these things sort of penetrate my life um so I need more of the the makeup, the motorcycle, the whatever in the future. Uh, eudaimonia is happiness achieved without fleeting pleasures. Mm. So one of the things I think of is creating. For me, uh, my form of creating that, that makes me feel best is writing. And in the moment, I don't feel that... that um, sexual gratification that you might from like uh i I use that term obviously um generically like i I don't feel like this immense physical pleasure from writing Mm -hmm. but i do feel the serotonin sort of rush after the fact or amidst really great writing in the moment when it's all going really well like that scrolling is the new smoking essay that i published recently like that's one of my favorite things i've published in over a year for sure um that and the advertisements essay but the advertisements essay was such a a slog it took me three months to finish that thing the smoking one was a month but really it was 28 days of setting it aside and then coming back to it Mm -hmm. but that coming back to it was that pleasure that I experienced wasn't in the moment pleasure. It was 
It was eudaimonia. It was happiness without the fleeting pleasure. It was the sense of true accomplishment. Yeah. And that you can get with or without money, man. Exactly. That's, I mean, when I think about Shivani's request, and, she, and I, I know that Shivani is like saying this tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. but anyone out there who does think that, oh yeah, if I could just have a million bucks, that's going to, that's going to make me happier. That's going to solve my problems. Yes. Like I would posit that if you, if you have that mentality or that mindset, write down what the million dollars is going to do for you. Every single reason. And look at those reasons and ask yourself, are those reasons, are they, are they inclusive or are they exclusive? Because when I think about people's reasons for wanting a lot of money, it's usually exclusive reasons. Mm. They want to have the chrome plated Bentley that makes their friends jealous. They want to be able to go on the trips that makes their friends jealous. They want to be able to own that house that makes their friends and family and neighbors jealous. Like those are, those are exclusive things. Right. Uh, if you're writing down a bunch of things and you're looking at them, you're like, oh, no, no, no. There are a bunch of inclusive things here that I want to do. Well, guess what? You could do inclusive things now without money. Right. So, so yeah, I, if you want a million dollars, ask yourself why. Because I think so, sometimes we often think, and even if it has to do with physical things, like there are some things that will augment your experience of life. You know, I'm, I'm doing this Instagram tour of my house. Uh, I feel better that I have a couch than when I didn't have a couch. Like, in fact, I, ha- I went a period of several years without having a couch. And then we went on tour in 2014 and we stayed at a lot of people's houses. And I'm like, huh, I kind of like sitting on the couch. And maybe I should like, uh, I, I, not being like a couch potato sitting around all day, but like if I had a long day and I, I wanted to just sit down for a little bit and, and, and converse with my partner, this is a great place to do that. And so I, that augments my experience of life. So, but you don't need a million dollars to have a couch. And quite often we think, well, this, this million dollars or six figure salary or whatever it might be is going to make us happier. Well, why? And if that why is because I've made a list of all the things I think I, I, that will truly add value to my life, it's not going to cost you a million dollars. And then two, what if it does? What if it, Okay, yes, I need a million dollars because I want to build this grocery store in West Dayton. Okay, great. Then how are you going to make a million dollars is the next question. Yeah. Because if you wanted enough, back to the question we were answering earlier with Derek, if you wanted enough, then find people who will help you achieve that contribution. You don't have to do it on your own. Oh, and by the way, you're going to be able to find people to help you with that project Rather than if you like started a GoFundMe account for a chrome plated Bentley, <laughs> can you? Oh, this would be a good experiment, Ryan. You and I, we should put up two like GoFundMe type accounts for the minimalist. One is for a chrome plated Bentley, yeah, and then one is to build a a grocery store in the, one of the largest food deserts in the United States. We le- so like we leave it up to our audience to vote with their dollar on what they want us to do. Yes, do they want us to have the chrome plated Bentley? Or do they want us to do the grocery store? Or do they want us to feed people who don't have access to food? Now, our audience is awesome. <laughs> yes. And uh, and, I, and I say that, I might truly mean that, meaning like when we have an event and uh, the, you know, we're, we're, we're done, the, the venue's empty and like, you know, we're, you know, Sean's like settling up with books and uh, he's being our, our, our muscle <laughs> with, with the settlement stuff. Um, but no, seriously, like I'm every time we walk out, dude, like most times there's hardly any trash on the ground. Like people clean up after themselves. Yeah. Uh, the, except in Cincinnati. <clears throat> yeah, I know there, there are a couple outliers <laughs> there. Kidding. There were a couple outliers there. No, it was pretty, it was pretty messy, but that was Bogarts too, which they kind of set the tone it's with the, the venue. venue. Yeah. I'm, I'm but my kidding. point is, is that the venue staff, they, a lot of the times, m- the majority of the time, if, if they have anything to say about 
our our uh, audience that showed up, they always say like, "Man, this is one of the most well behaved, polite, uh, like pleasant audiences to be around." So, going back to my point, our audience is awesome, but we might get some trolls out there <laughs> who who do actually. You know, the caveat will be is if the Bentley Fund actually does get the money we would just put it towards the the, well, <laughs> the co-op well anyway. i said we no we drive the chrome plate bentley to the opening of the the co-op <laughs> how awesome would that be oh my god <laughs> and then we donate it to the co-op right um but yeah here's the thing like the only time i would like in fact bex and i were talking about this like if i went to enterprise rent a car which is the the company i like to go to just uh because they've, they've treated me well in the past when we're out on tour. Um, They're the easiest customer service, I feel like. Yeah, they, they have they have pretty solid customer service in most yeah. cities. Um, uh, and if I showed up and they're like, oh, we're almost out of cars. All we have is this chrome-plated Bentley and the minivan. Minivan, please. I will take the <laughs> minivan. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I would take the minivan because I just don't want to signify. I don't want. I don't want to signal to people. Yeah. That I have a lot of money. Like. Right. I don't want. I don't want people to make that assumption. Um, and you know, I think we were talking about this on the last podcast. Like, why would I want someone to think that I'm rich anyway? Yeah. I mean, that is that is the the only reason I would want to make someone else think that I'm rich is so they could feel less than me. And why would I spend my life trying to make people feel less than me? Yeah. As opposed to the opposite. Where, because I love what you were just saying a second ago, like if you if your your objective here was to like build this grocery store in the middle of a food desert, yeah, you're gonna get a whole lot more people on board with that. Mm-hmm. If you got all your friends together, said, "Hey guys, I really I think we should all work together on getting me a chrome plated Bentley," mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, uh, "Why? Well, because I really want a chrome plated Bentley. Yeah. How awesome would that be? Yeah, I want to be awesome." <laughs> uh, I, that's what it takes to be awesome yeah and if you're if your friends like were like yeah we should definitely do that then you might want to question your friends too like mm. but but if if you went to them and said hey i need some help do you know people in the community who can help me uh get food access to people who don't have food access mm-hmm. what are they gonna say no screw you that's a terrible idea getting access to food to people who don't have access to healthy food of course they're not going to say that and so, yeah, I guess ultimately the question is, what what do you want the money for? The Minimalists. <laughs>